it's funny. We tend to think like, okay, XYZ doesn't work because we tried that once and it didn't work for me. Okay, but you don't say that, you know, Facebook marketing doesn't work because we tried that once. So Facebook's terrible. It's the brand, the messaging wasn't correct. Growing your trade service business can be a pain in the ass, but we know you want to grow. On the MLO podcast, we interview experts in the trade services to find out how they're scaling their company so you can too. Hey, this is Nathan uh, back with the MLO podcast. I'm here with Amanda Booman. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Okay, awesome. Publisher of The Home Mag, a direct mail service for homeowners and home improvement contractors. Now, tell me if these stats are right currently mailing more than 140 million cards and magazines a year. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds spot on. It's pretty, it's a huge number. It sounds almost a little bit uh, (laughs) unbelievable. (laughs) Right. I was like, man, I'm a little intimidated by that. Wow. Tell us more about the Home Mag and how you got involved with it. Sure. So the Home Mag itself uh, was started in 2002 uh, by Sean and Debbie Campbell um, in Southwest Florida. They actually came over from South Africa. They came over here um, with the idea that they wanted to build a business that could be duplicated and replicated, you know, multiple times. Um, and the U.S. gave them that opportunity where they thought, you know, we could multiply something 20 times, 30, 40, 50. And so when they got here, they weren't sure what they were going to do, but they um, bought a house and started renovating it. And they realized that um, they didn't have a resource like they did back in South Africa, which was this home improvement guide magazine. Um, And at that time, back in 2002, they were still, you know, using the yellow pages, kind of trying to thumb through that. And they decided, well, this is something that we need here. We need this in the U.S. So they opened, you know, hats off to them with nothing but, you know, an idea in their head. They went out and sold um, these pages of a home improvement catalog to 24 businesses and put together uh, this beautiful first magazine in 2002 and sent that out to 100,000 homeowners in the Southwest Florida area. And they got that first magazine out. And so fast forward 18 years, here we are, 60 locations like you said, mailing over 140 million magazines and inserts, um, and we're 60 locations around the U.S., so um, that's uh, made up of franchises and corporate magazines, um, and what I think one of the coolest things that I like about the Home Mag to hear about all the growth is that it's been all organic, so the, the Home Mag hasn't had to go to like franchise fairs and stuff like that like a lot of companies will do. We've It's been people uh, that have friends of other franchise owners, people that use the magazine. So that's where we come into play. We have a bathroom modeling business in Salt Lake City, and we started advertising in the home mag. So we, you know, it was one of those things where they had pursued us for quite a while, and finally we just decided to jump in. And we just fell in love with this company. It was, the people are wholesome. Uh, you know, they do things the right way. And so we decided, you know, let's check this out in the Twin Cities area. So we launched here in March of 2017. Um, and it's it's, it's been a, a, a fun ride so far, and it's really been enjoyable to help grow all these businesses that we've been able to partner with over the years. Whew, that's a heck of a story. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure if, based on your explanation, I think that you've told that story more than one time, at least. <laughs> a couple but, times. But <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Like, I wish that I had that level of gumption. Like, holy right. crap. Next question that I wanted to ask is, Okay, so you started in 2017, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, you've seen a pretty rapid rise. What were you doing 
So like 2017 is fairly recent. What were you doing before you got to the home ag? Like, did you intentionally seek out something in like renovation and contracting or was, I mean, like, how'd you fall into this? Sure. So um, I was in the insurance industry before this, actually. I was um, had, working at an insurance agency, um, had a great team behind me. Um, and it was, I loved it. I love everything about insurance. I'm still kind of passionate about it. Um, love talking to, you know, we all love to give advice to our friends and family. So I still enjoy giving that uh, unsolicited insurance advice. But at the end of the day, it was, you know, an admirable career, but it was just not the funnest. It was fun when I got to, you know, tell people that I can replace their home and things like that, but that's not what every, you know, people don't seek, you know. So I really, I realized that I really did enjoy um, helping the small businesses that I insured. Um, and that was a passion of mine. So when this opportunity kind of all surrounded itself um, with the home mag, you know, I realized that that's really something that I wanted to jump on board with, being able to help people grow a business is, you know, just so much fun every day to really see those outcomes. Um, and so that's why I kind of jumped ship and came over. Um, and you know, it's been a wild ride, but it's, it's been a good one. Oh, I mean, especially lately, I I won't do, I won't dive down that rabbit hole, but as a person who needs both, I mean, cause I'm not just like, we run a marketing agency. We're, we're dedicated to all the home services, but I'm also a customer, right? Which I think the industry as a whole is experiencing, but home renovation and contracting have become like not just consumer services like which what I'm talking about right now but they've also become really relevant in pop culture so like HGTV home renovation shows we're actually watching my wife and I love those shows ourselves we're watching this newest one called like my dream disaster home or something like that uh of course it's european like we've used up most of the american shows and we're still like okay on to the next one but these generally, even that show, which is literally called like my dream disaster home or something like that, very similar, it kind of makes renovation and contracting like seem kind of easy and exciting. And it's like this fun journey. And especially some of the like the HGTV ones we've seen, they make it feel like, oh, it's really profitable and you live kind of, you know. But the, it's really challenging, actually, right? Right, right, absolutely. Now, there's. Uh, I was just talking with a client um, yesterday at lunch, and it, you know they'll get calls and say, uh, "I want you to build me a deck, and I need it done in two weeks." <laughs> and that's what those shows portray. Like, sure, you can have a deck in a week, but you know, in reality, we can't even pull a permit that fast if we didn't have a backlog of work to do already. And so, yes, it, it sets it's a, definitely sets a challenge for you know any of these home improvement clients. Number one on expectations like that, and really, I found um, you know we all value reviews and things like that in our businesses. And you know, I I enjoy reading these reviews for my clients and things like that. And personally. But people do not have the, you know, their expectations versus reality are so different. You know, anybody that's doing siding, windows, things like that, we are weather dependent. So if I say I'm going to be there on a Thursday at two and, you know, storms all week and you're pushed out to next week, people have just like become so intensified on, you know, this, the promise you gave me this and that. So I think it's really set 
you know, things up for disaster in some ways with the, just expectations as a whole with people. But, um, you know, overall, I love those shows as well. I think all of my clients do too. Um, you know, we just need to make sure that we manage, you know, reality versus TV, even though they might be reality shows. Uh, <laughs> what are they actually showing us versus, you know, what is actually going on? So overall for the industry, I think that it is awesome to be able to show these overall trends and things like that. And customers as an uh, overall, they have this expectation of like, they know what's in style and things like that, which is good. Um, so they don't, there's not as much back and forth. They know what they want. Yeah. Obviously timing and things like that are not <laughs> realistic. So, clearly it's setting up. I wanted to ask you what you think the top three challenges sort of facing home services, residential service industry trades right now are. And one of the things that you're clearly laying out is no matter how popular this is getting in pop culture, it's making a thing that's already been hard harder, which is expectation setting. And then if you could add like the other two, what do you think the next top two issues are that you guys are facing or that you're facing your customers are facing? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously the proper expectations, uh, materials are a huge thing right now. Um, unfortunately, you know, that's kind of a 2020 thing, but um, that's that's one of the bigger things. And finding the right kind of jobs. We're all busy. The home improvement sector has gone nuts. And it's really finding the right kind of busy is what, what we found is a lot of people, you know, there's obviously a lot of subcontacts under that with hiring, things like that. But that's, you know, the main things are, you know, setting the proper expectations, you know, and it's all kind of a culmination of the same thing, but the materials, things like that, that's really been a struggle for a lot of people. I mean, that's a big deal. I think it's really interesting that you brought up materials. We talk about hiring all the time, and I actually want to touch on that again, but the material shortage is something, wow, I, I mean, like, I just haven't heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just was talking with a client and, you know, I don't know a ton about uh, lumber and things like that, but I guess a standard two by four was like a dollar sixty six somewhere in there is now six dollars. Wow. And so, yeah, it's insane. So it's all, you know, kind of coming back to us now what was happening in March, you know, everything shut down for that time. And it's not I just bought a car and the inventory for cars. There's like nothing. It's every industry. So it's not just ours. We're all kind of in the same boat. Uh, but again, it's just that expectation setting with clients and you know when this is going to get done and for how much and you know the one thing that I just keep telling all of my clients over and over is we're all in the same boat that's the beautiful thing um, nobody can get a fence this year anymore none of your competitors can put it in you can't put it in but it's not the time to take your foot off the gas as far as moving your business forward advertising things like that um, and it's just all about setting those proper expectations oh that makes perfect sense and you touched on something that I was thinking about while you were explaining it was like, if I can't do it, no one can. Right. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like it's a, a me exclusive issue, but you also touched on the next thing, which is like, Hey, when we, when we slam into those walls, what do we do to get around them? And you're actually practicing what you preach because aside from helping residential service companies, trade service companies advertise through the home mag, you're also a residential service company owner, Minnesota home pros, right? 
Correct. Yeah. And that really provides us with, you know, it's always fun. People say putting yourself in your customer's shoes, things like that. Well, we really get to do that every day. And that's been a huge thing for us to be able to empathize with these people and really know what the industry is, you know, facing and things like that. And that really just, I feel, helps me be a better, you know, person for my clients as well as my customers. And I kind of get to see that whole picture um, of what's going on. So that's been a huge um, uptick for us. We've been excited about it um, and it's been going really well. If you're like us, you want a growing business known for doing good work, meaning you're always on the hunt for better people and systems. But wading through the internet crap flood to find that diamond in the rough is just awful. We all know the things we're good at aren't the only things our company needs, and we can do better faster by finding other people who are good at those things already. So we partner with Garage Starts a growth consulting company who goes beyond consulting. They actually do work. They'll find you funding, do boots on the ground work, and build processes and documentation that make work easy to learn for other employees. They'll even help you hire and train new staff when you're ready. If you're like us and want someone who will do real work alongside you to get you the business success you want, go to garagestarts.com and tell them more leads online sent you for a special offer. On top of everything else, so you have all of this experience, and then if I am allowed to bring it up, you're also breaking some stereotypes out of the gate, right? Like, you're a woman CEO, and not just a woman CEO, you're like a woman two-time CEO, and (laughs) in the home services industry, like, to boot. So I feel like, okay, whatever you have to say is pure gold. doesn't matter. Like, you have a perspective that we all need to know. And so anyway, whether you feel like that, I don't know, but that's how I feel right now. I want to go back and I want to touch on this. You're advertising. You're also, you're utilizing your own stuff, right? So uh, you're practicing what you preach and you just touched on like this material thing. Also, you touched on, you don't want to slow down. So here's what we know. If we want to take on specific jobs, we need the people to do those jobs. And as far as I can tell, hiring prior to all of this, hiring was already hard. And that's, that's something we keep seeing brought up. Hiring was hard before. How are you navigating hiring now? Right. It's, you know, I think I, I've been told since the start of my career is recruiting is always going to be that number one thing that you need to be doing. Um, and I've really, you know, practiced that. I've, I'm always interviewing. I've always been interviewing. I don't have a, right now I don't have a spot, but always connecting with those like-minded people has been a huge help. And um, the other thing is I've, I've recently found within the last year or so is networking. It's so huge. You know, we join those BNI groups for hopefully more leads and things like that. But when it comes down to I need XYZ and now, you know, Susie quit and I, what am I going to do? Those resources are huge. And that's what I've really found is finding people through, you know, your BNI, which is a nationwide thing, your NARI, 
things like that, just really connecting with, you know, similar, similar like-minded people um, can really help in that sector. Because obviously, we can all post an ad on on LinkedIn or, you know, anything, but it's really finding the people that are good and will, you know, they're usually working and they're not necessarily searching for a job and things like that. So um, that's what I've found to be huge is really finding those quality people. And when you find them, you can't be afraid to pay them. Obviously, we've got to keep them happy. And, you know, there was a time where, you know, I try to get somebody for the best price and this and that. And it's really, you know, we've got to pay these people and support them and really keep them happy because we know that, you know, they're at a premium right now. (laughs) So just to sort of recap on that, one, you're saying, yeah, you can use all of the posting stuff, whatever that anyone else might use. But the success that you've really found in hiring is don't just network for the sake of more business, network for the sake of growing your business in general. And that means recruiting too. The networking groups can also get you quality hires. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we all hear that word networking and we're thinking like, uh, you know, sometimes I, I'll admit like that, that was me two years ago and it's like, okay, now I've got to go forcefully send these referrals to people and this and that. But I have really, you know, through growing this business, I have really turned, you know, I'm very pro networking groups, things like that, because it's just a breath of fresh air. It's like-minded people. They're all trying to grow their business or, you know, the business that they're involved in and really have a desire to help each other because they know it's coming back to them. So, um, you know, and they know, you know, Susie, that was looking for a job and things like that and really being able to connect them, you know, whether it's your suppliers, things like that, any person that you can kind of uh, network with to grow your business and grow your personnel. I think it's been a, a huge benefit to us. Do you, I'm getting a little deeper into this than I normally would, but I'm so curious, partially because of my own personality. So I love doing stuff like this, but I'm really an introvert at heart. And there's a stereotype in the trades and the home services, right? Which is that we're all kind of like gruff, swing a hammer, don't talk to me, <laughs> right? And right. We, we know that stereotype's not true, but it does take a certain moxie to do this kind of labor. And so I imagine that there are a, a few more people who are more interested in doing the building and doing the labor than they are showing up to the networking group. And I fit into that category. Do you take that on personally? Is it something that you've gotten people to help you with? Do you think people in your company can help you with that? Or do you think you have to be the sole point person no matter what? No, I think, you know, you do have to have, you know, I'm not actually that person either that likes to go and stand up in front of people and talk. But I have several people within my organization, you know, involved in different, the the further you can spread, you know, everything, the better you're going to be in. So um, within the home mag itself here in, in the Twin Cities area, I think we were in four different BNI groups. And so, you know, we just, and that's just widening our, you know, whatever we can do to help people, we're sending referrals, they're sending them to us. And, you know, I hear my employees talking like, hey, do you know a subcontractor that could do painting this and that? And they're sending it off to their BNI. So the more, you know, you just, you know, building that network within, you know, whatever city you're in, whatever metro, um, just will come back to you. Just, you know, I always live by, you can help, you can get everything you want by helping enough people get what they want. And that's really what BNI is about and things like that. And not just BNI, but anything you can network in, I think is a huge benefit. Clearly focusing on networking. And like you said, which I love your answer, does it have to just be me? And the answer is not only 
no, but also it shouldn't. Exactly. Shouldn't just be you. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. That that's going to be one of our little LinkedIn posts right there. Like, <laughs> Amanda, should it just be you? No. You've clearly steered us away from some of the more traditional, one might say, easy to grab ways to look at hiring, right? And you've said, look, if you want to do the quality thing, do the quality thing, which is you have to actually be in communication and relationship with people. You have to be networking. We got to get past the weirdness of that word to encapsulate what it actually means, which is build genuine relationships and be useful to each other. Do you feel like then marketing, website, SEO, the whole shebang, whatever, how do you feel like that plays in in any way, even if it doesn't, to your hiring effort, how it helps you during your hiring conversations? You know, I think we certainly have to get creative in whatever way we can right now, you know, beyond what we had just spoken about. But I think that LinkedIn is always going to be huge. I think, you know, I do a lot of inboxing, things like that with uh, prospects. And I think it's so important to number one, have that updated, obviously, for everybody out there. But I've just talked to clients that have put up billboards to hire people. Um, I've seen commercials for home service companies um, hiring people. We have people putting it in their ads in our magazine. Um, So I think we really just have to look above and beyond the traditional, like I'm going to put an ad on online and then I'm going to get 100 applicants and I'm going to choose the best one. That's like those times are gone, I think. Um, And we're coming up against a lot of different challenges. Why, you know, people wanting to work, things like that. But I think, you know, any way that you can get the word out helps. And obviously SEO, digital, everything all has its place and works together. So I definitely think there is still a benefit. You've got to have yourself out there. But, you know, again, referrals and things like that are my number one. And that's how I found really quality employees is through different revenue streams. They haven't been, you know, the traditional apply online and then hire from there. So do you feel like people when even when you are connecting with them, are they talking to you about how they went on to the website to take to look around to learn a little more about the company before they pursue the next conference. I know that again, that's my personality is to gain more information and I would do it that way. But I'm, you know, like I represent such a tiny portion of the population. Are you seeing that, that people are going and they're learning more about you in online spaces? For sure. No, absolutely. I would, I don't think I've ever had somebody come in to chat about a position that hasn't at least known a little bit about, you know, what, who we are, what we do and what, what we stand for. And obviously I would, I would expect a candidate to have a little bit of that back knowledge. Um, but yes, yeah, so that, you know, having that presence online is huge, obviously. That's such a funny thing you just said. You're literally saying, if I wanted to hire someone who I right away felt like they were kind of capable, I would have expected them to go online and look at my stuff, which obviously then puts the onus back on you to say, oops, I better make sure it's there. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. I've never thought about it that way, but right. Yeah. I also would have that like, well, if you're a smart, capable person, you would have done your research. Oh, crap, I should have I should make sure that's there for you to research. (laughs) So to throw back to something you had mentioned earlier, we have this hilarious mix of things right now. We're seeing an increase in demand for trade and home services. We're seeing this weird issue right now, which we hope is more of a short term, right in in supply of material. But then also you're saying both for pivoting, if I can use that word, I think that's become a dirty word, both for adjusting in the in those industries as owners and to take on jobs for our people. How are you tackling this increased specificity of the jobs you want to do versus the jobs that people are asking for right now? 
I think it all really comes back to hyper focusing where you're, who you're getting your message out in front of, right? Um, so most companies right now, again, like I said, they're all busy. They, everybody's busy. If you uh, own a home improvement company, you know that 2020 has been an, a phenomenal year for pretty much every industry within, you know, that's related to the home. So what we really need to do is be ris- busy in the right way. And typically, what that looks like for most customers is those bigger jobs. They know they can get their crew there. It's you know taking them all day or. Uh, what it may, whatever it may be, but um, we know that there's more profit off of those bigger jobs, and that's kind of what we focus on with the home mag. We really hyper target who we're putting your message in front of. So um, that's that's the number one thing. I what we've tried to do in our businesses is just uh, make sure that you know we're always going to do jobs that aren't our ideal, but we the only thing that we really can control is who we're putting that message in front of. We can't control who calls, but we can you know who we're getting in front of. So whether that's SEO online. or sorry, uh, TV, digital, things like that. It's all just a matter of where we're shooting that out. And so that's the one thing, the one piece that we can control, obviously. Right. Well, and, and the message itself, right? Right. Exactly. And whether you're offering, you know, 0% 0% financing for six years, you know, some of these crazy offers. No, we've seen it all the way up to three years, right? And 0% no payments for three years, things like that. You know, what demographic is that targeting versus this, this, the other thing. So that's really um, where we try to, you know, fine tune that message. Yeah. Who are your clients? What do they want? Now we can establish a message that actually relates to them. We already know how to target those people now that we know who they are. Exactly. It becomes a question of what we say to them. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the framework. I recently became StoryBrand certified. And that's like the framework they operate in. Focus on the customer first. What do they want? What pains do they have? How are you going to help them with that? And that message is what starts everything, right? I literally have it down here on my whiteboard. I like to write down things that I'm like, I need to memorize this. And in giant orange letters, it says, better marketing starts with better copy. And better copy comes from knowing who your customer is and what they want. Exactly. So no, everything you're saying, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad you're agreeing with the stuff I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we always say it too. If, you know, we all have these things that oh, that didn't work. This didn't work. Our marketing, we all throw this money up into the air and hopefully it's coming trickling down. And we always say, you know, if one ad doesn't work, the mess, it's not the, it's funny. We tend to think like, okay, XYZ doesn't work because we tried that once and it didn't work for me. Okay. But you don't say that, you know, Facebook marketing doesn't work because we tried that once. So Facebook's terrible. It's the brand, the messaging wasn't correct. So that's what we try to really coach our clients on is like, okay, let's not look at, like this didn't work we know we're mailing it we know this is how it's going this you know we're, it's going to the right demographics the messaging isn't working let's change you know what we're conveying to the client and that's the biggest thing is we've really tried to trend people that way and people are starting to understand that a little bit more as they get uh, more in tune with things but um, that is the challenge on the design side sometimes <laughs> that i relate marketing constantly back to dating, uh, which I did successfully, finally. So my wife and I celebrated our five-year anniversary in July. Congratulations. Thank you. So we've been together for almost eight years. And oh, I think I think Uh-oh. eight years. <laughs> I think eight years like a month ago. Oops. Uh, but, <laughs> um, but we celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary. So clearly I did something 
I got it once. But like, I can tell you, I whiffed that a few times before, right? Like, and changing my messaging, changing my approach, I, I wanted the woman that is my wife the whole time. My wife, Samantha, is fantastic. She's amazing. And I was hoping for her always. But I, it was me that wasn't getting there. <laughs> like, it's not like I had my message dialed in and then I just, oh, you're not the right one. You're not the right one. Like, it, it was my fault. So anyway, and a, a little luck and a lot of prayer. And then I ended up uh, in a happy marriage. But it got to adjust that messaging as you go and recognize it doesn't just fall on the customer not knowing what to ask you. It falls on really what you're saying to them. We talk about insider language a lot. And we tend to use insider language because that's what we know because it's our day-to-day life. But the customer doesn't know any of that vernacular. So anyway, would you say we call ourselves operations in disguise as a marketing company? And you're touching on that. Like as a marketing company, you're saying, hey, you have to adjust your message. Hey, you have to adjust where you're talking to people because that plays directly into the, the type of jobs that you're going to get, the conversations you're going to have. And that plays directly into how much money you're going to make, how good your customer service is. And so have you seen marketing specifically from what the home mag does be able to really drive those operational improvements? Yeah, I think, you know, everything plays a piece. And that's, you know, what we try to do is be, uh, we always talk about being in our customer's bomb shelter. So being one of those three people that are in really just playing that piece that, not these companies that you know we work with small to mid-sized companies so home improvement they don't have a marketing person they probably don't even have an operations person but being able to take that off of their plate so saying you know bill this is working really well i know the home makes going really well have you thought about this you know i don't profit off that i don't benefit off that in any way besides helping my client but really just being that wholesome advisor because i know at the end of the day if they're calling me to get a recommendation for somebody to paint their house things like that and i'm really a trusted advisor it's it works so well and i'm able to not only you know i can tell them your seo needs to be there because i know when i send that magazine out if somebody you know we know how they shop they're gonna google home pros or whatever um and ask you know if their competitors now showing up their ads in front of them, but now they're clicking on their competitor and it's gone. So everything works together. So the better we can be as far as advisors and things like that, and really in their bomb shelter and that person we think they think of when it's time to need advice on anything related to marketing, um, that's so huge. And that's what we really try to do. And, you know, we promote home shows, things like that, um, really to have that holistic picture of their marketing. And that's gone so well. And we've been able to see such dramatic growth with so many companies and it's super exciting. That's a real, everything you're saying is a real challenge to me, just to like, I'm writing that down to get better at what you're saying, which is really to focus on being the guide. Like you have an expertise and that's why you're there. You can bring improvements in so many other things. It's all connected. But if you don't serve as that guide, if you don't serve as the person who's going to be loyal, kind of like, what are you doing? That can be, that can be a real challenge to me. I tend to focus again on the technical and I want to just do my job part of the job is being the guide. And that's not just true of us as marketers. It's also true of us as like when we're doing a job for anyone, creating that expectation, helping the person understand what is the plan, what's about to happen here, help me understand, like guide me through this. And it's not, it doesn't always have to be perfect, but you have to be there to, to help me understand again, like 
what what just happened? <laughs> so, no, I love that. I love that concept of saying like it's, we're in the bomb shelter with you. It paints a it paints a big broad picture for me. So I think that's awesome. So I have a couple. I have one question on marketing, and then I want to jump into a section we call quick fire questions. So you practice what you preach. I can only imagine that you utilize home mag. What marketing do you do? Where have you gotten the best results? You know, um, we've done a, Facebook's been great uh, for that smaller company with the smaller budget, things like that. People, I've really found that people are really in tune. I'm sure you've seen this too with the time lapse videos on things. So that's really engaging for a lot of clients. Um, but we've really found that it's that perfect mix. You've got to have a little bit of everything. And no matter, you know, what size your budget is, um, we always call it. Either you're looking to dominate the market, you're looking to be competitive, or you're looking to have a presence. And so, um, you know, even throughout these times when people are have been really busy, having a presence in, across the board has been, you know, you've got to at least keep that presence or be competitive. Maybe you don't have the resources to be dominant right now because you don't have the time to get the jobs completed, things like that. But at least keeping that um, presence in the market. Um, but, you know, as far as our companies are smaller, so having that presence online digital, things like that has been important through some other resources. We've done some TV and things like that have worked well. Um, But what we really see is X does better when you have Y too. And it all is kind of that culmination of really setting that budget and being able to adjust where we need, but it's all working well together. Okay. So like it's a puzzle. You need many pieces. One might be working we talk about this constantly. We're like, well, you're, you know, we run Google paid search and Google paid search feels like it's supposed to be super obvious. Like, oh, well, you run the ad, they click on the ad and then they call you and that's how much, that's how much it costs and that's how the it works. And I'm like, right, but it doesn't work like that. <laughs> like <laughs> there's 10 more pieces behind that. Like we need a landing page and that landing page has to be of a certain quality and that drives the cost of your ads and that drives conversion. And that like we set expectation with messaging. Like I love that you're saying, hey, it's a, it's a bigger, you can't just pick a single tactic. Right. Right. If you, uh, you know, if you want to advertise in the home mag and you don't have a good website and doing some SEO, it's really hard for me to be confident that, you know, like I said, if you don't have a website for them to come, people want to see reviews, people want to see all of this. So it all works together. Um, And it's really important to not, you know, to crawl before you run. So make sure that you're setting up those simple, you know, we all know that we start with the smaller budget and work our way up, but um, it is important to set those first things in place for any company. And that's what I've seen time and time again. Uh, uh, somebody that comes in that's doing, you know, four or five different things, TV, print, everything, they're going to do better overall in the home mag as well. Um, and so it's just that setting up that perfect mixture. If I had the, if I had the exact answer, oh, I, yeah. I would be a very, <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely but, just, what are you seeing? Not like, right, I assume right. you're the authority. Uh, I just assume you're on authority. I love what you said too. the three ways that you look at it, a presence and then competing and then what was the the top one? Dominating. Yeah, dominating. We say maintain, compete, and win. Awesome. And those are the. So it sounds like we've we've kind of arrived at similar, which is really helpful for me, right? It's right. Like, okay, We're good. on the same track. I'm <laughs> tracking the right track. What you're saying, <laughs> I am probably on the right path. Um, okay, I want to move into this section I call quick fire questions. There's a bunch of questions. I have 15 questions. We're gonna go through them super fast. The, the point of this is it's not a long explanation. It's mostly like this or that. 
So I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to give the top off your head response and that's it. And so are you ready for quick fire questions? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. So text schedule themselves or use dispatch. Dispatch for sure. Scheduling software you use or recommend. Fresh sales. Interesting. I've never heard that one. Yeah, Allow voicemails. Yes. Callback time from a voicemail. Same day. How often do you book a job from a voicemail callback? 20%. Okay. You know, ideally that your phone is not ever going to hit a voicemail. That's the, the number one, but it's, it's hard to get back. If you let those calls go to voicemail, I'm telling you, it's, you know, few and far between that you're actually booking. Makes sense to me. Okay. Response time for a contact form from your website or whatever. Uh, same day. If you don't respond within, I guess, if you respond, if you get one at the beginning of the day and don't respond until the end of the day, what's your uh, book a job from a, a long contact form response? Uh, pretty good. It's better than voicemail, I would say. Awesome. Texting customers, yes or no? Yes. Do you collect customer emails? Yes. Do you use the emails you collect? Yes, we use MailChimp. Awesome. And do you recommend your contractor clients, not just you, but also do you recommend that to other people? Yes, for sure. Home mag is obviously the, the number one answer, but <laughs> Facebook or paid search? Paid search. Older or younger customers more loyal over time? Older. Ask every customer for an honest review, yes or no? Yes, definitely. Top three things you wish every homeowner knew? I would say uh, they knew they had the proper expectations up front of timing and things like that, permits, everything. Um, you know, had that general understanding of, I guess it's all kind of into one, all three, had a general understanding of how things work and people and processes and things like that um, would be my number one thing that I wish people understood. And, you know, the weather thing, obviously, is a big hurt for us. So um, just understanding that, you know, a job, if we have a week of rain in June, our August jobs are pushed back too, and really understand that scheduling and timing. If you could recommend three books for trade or home service leaders, what would they be? I like Hug Your Customer. Uh, I don't even know the author offhand, um, but obviously look that up, Hug Your Customers. Um, I am a big John DeJulius fan, so I have the customer service Re revolution right here, um, and that's been huge. I really like that. And I think those are the two off the top of my head right now. Yeah, I just got another one, Chet Holmes. Do you know Chet Holmes? Yeah. Uh, I just started diving into that as well. I think it's called... The um, Ultimate Sales Machine? Yeah, The Ultimate Sales Machine. So I was just recommended that by another customer, so I think that should be a good one as well. That was my very first sales book. Chet Holmes clearly shares my personality. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, and I still use it to this day as a baseline. That's awesome. I'm just getting started on it, so I'm excited. I, I love it. Some of the tactics are outdated, FYI, but right. um, the principles are rock solid. Who should be our next guest? Uh, the Hook Agency, for sure. That's awesome. Some client is going to call you up and be like, I can't believe you didn't recommend. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'll send you a whole list. I've got a lot of good guys. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. We would love to have them all on. We want to hear what they have to say. If people, well, first of all, thank you so much. That's the end of Quickfire Questions. You did fantastic. Also, you've been an amazing guest. I've written down so many things that you've said. And also, I'm lucky because I have the recording. So much of what you said has just been absolute gold. We're going to be able to take that away and 
make a bunch of improvements. I hope other people who are listening can as well. Just in closing, so like if people want to know more about you and what you do, where can they find you? Absolutely. Um, I definitely love to connect with like-minded individuals. So anybody looking to grow their business um, can find me on LinkedIn, Amanda Booman. Let's connect and kind of chat and things like that. So I'd love to do that. Otherwise, um, thehomemagminnesota.com, as well as around the country, if the home egg sounds like something interesting and you're ready to grow your business, um, just thehomemag.com. And you can check out, like I said, we're 60 locations nationwide. So most major metropolitan areas, you will have a home Meg um, and hook up with them and really, you know, learn how you can help grow your business. That's awesome. And just final call, anything else you want to throw out there before we shut it down? I think that's it. Okay. Awesome. Amanda, thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest. I have enjoyed this interview so much and I hope everyone listening um, also gets a ton of value out of it. Thanks. Great. Great talking to you. Thank you, Nathan. This has been another episode of the More Leads Online podcast. We hope that this inspires you to take the next step in growing your business. If you're ready to have someone take an honest look at your marketing and give you a no-strings-attached plan, email us at nathan at moreleadsonline.com or just text 315-203-2833. Thanks for listening. Go kick some ass.